Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about FINA and biomechanics. I am Rachel. Uh, I am usually your baseball guru, but today I am here to learn about diving from Rebecca. Uh, Please let us know uh, what's going on at the Olympics for diving. Yeah, so... This was this this was interesting for me. I actually think the most interesting part of this was learning how they do the scoring. Because mm-hmm. some of these events I never understand how they do the scoring. So this was oh, this was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um all right. Well, so first I do want to mention that FINA is the governing body of international diving. I almost said cycling and I was like, don't say cycling. It's not cycling. <laughs> no, that was last time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so FINA stands for the French words for the International Swimming Federation, which I'm not going mm. to do because I will butcher that French. Um, <laughs> and FINA is the one that dictates the scoring. So that's that's how they're all wrapped up in this. Okay. So there are eight events in Olympic diving. Um, there are four events and then two, you know, two of those each by uh, sex. So there's three meter springboard, 10 meter platform, and then three meter springboard synchro and 10 meter platform synchro. Mm-hmm. Um, the individual events have a heat, a semifinal and a final, and the synchro has finals only. So by synchro, you mean synchronized? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, so there are 136 yep. athletes participating in diving. And this That's is the... a lot. I know. And this is the yeah, only one... Yeah, I was one... thinking, you know, when you said only eight events, I was thinking, I mean, it feels like in past Olympics that I've watched, there's tons of diving, but mm-hmm. I guess it's, there are a lot of preliminary rounds, yeah. like you were saying. Yeah. I think it's because we see the heat, the semis and the finals over yeah. and over mm-hmm. and over again. Um mm-hmm. So this was the first time I've seen the the age limitations on on any of the sports that we've been doing. So for diving, you have to be a minimum age of 14, <laughs> which is yeah, absurd, yeah. on or before December 31st, leading mm-hmm. up to the Olympics. Gymnastics also has minimum ages. Yeah. I don't mention it, but... Yeah, I'm sure they all do. On it, yeah. but it just, yeah. for whatever reason, this one hit me. I'm like... 14 yeah i don't know maybe like certain sports where being younger gives you some kind of advantage because i know i think in gymnastics it kind of does and well it depends i mean an interesting thing this is not the gymnastics pod but an interesting (laughs) thing is that the female gymnasts tend to be very young but the male gymnasts tend to be much older yeah so it just depends that's true well it's because we value different things in women versus men but that's a whole other, that's a whole other. <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that. But yes, yes that's yeah, I was just thinking for yeah. diving, like literally the smaller you are, there's less of you to make a splash in the water. That yeah. was oh, we will talk about splash. Thought process. Ah! <laughs> um, so there are four, no, there are five elements to every dive. The starting position, the approach, the takeoff, the flight, and the entry. Um, the flight is the one that we paid like the most attention to. That's when you're actually in the air. What was that, Rachel? Yes. The flippy bit. Yes. The flippy parts. Yes. The flippy twisty. That's what the pros call it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
so the flight is you're you're either in a tuck position or a pike position. So the tuck is when your body is folded up in a really tight ball, and the pike is mm-hmm. when your body is folded in half. Mm-hmm. Um, the tuck gives you the most control over your rotational speed, mm-hmm. which means it's easier to do. And the pike, your inertia is larger, which makes your dives harder to do. So pikes are typically worth more than tucks. Mm. Though that's not that's not necessarily like a one to one. Like if you do mm-hmm. right, more tucks, tucks there are. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So one of the things that I found looking at this was um, a, an article and a video about. Jill McNitt Gray, who is the director or who was at the time the director of the USC Biomechanics Research Lab. She worked with athletes prior to the 2012 Olympics to look at like the physical pieces of their sport so that they could hone in on individual spots to make better. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was fascinating. And I'm definitely going to post that video. Um, Okay. So for diving, the things that are important are the time in the air, because the more time you're in the air, the more time you have to do your flippy twisty. Um, Makes sense. Yes. You're clearing the platform, right? Which is important so you don't like bash your head open. Die. Yep. Exactly. Um, The (laughs) rotation, um, which is the flippy part. Um, so the time in the air is generated by your vertical speed at takeoff. So this is important to note because it's going to be very different on the platform versus the springboard, right? Because Mm -hmm. the platform is, uh, immovable. It's just, it's just a hard, flat surface and the springboard, Mm -hmm. you actually get bounce which increases your which can increase if you do it right your vertical velocity mm-hmm. at your takeoff right um the rotation of your body is dictated by the angle of your body at the time you do your vertical takeoff so you have to have some angle at your takeoff in order to get a rotation otherwise you're just going to go straight up and come straight back down onto the board Not ideal. No, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like I said, on the platform, everything has to be done by the body of the athlete before they leave the platform because the platform is immovable. So it doesn't help them in Mm -hmm. any way in their movements. Right. Um, So part of what Jill McNitt Gray um, did was work with them on each of these individual pieces. Like, are you getting the the are you hitting the board at the right point to get the maximum vertical velocity? Are you rotating your body in just the right way to get the spin that you want and to clear the platform? Things like that. Um, uh, then then she also worked with them on visual perception and spotting the water, which is such a weird like mentally that's a weird concept for me thinking about how you have to spot the water to make sure your entry is clean. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's just like gymnastics, though. If you're doing the balance beam, you have to spot the balance beam. You yeah. Know? Or, like, if you're doing yeah. a vault, you have to spot the floor to know how to how to land it yeah. properly. And it's the same principle. It's just 
with one of them you enter and the yeah. other you, you stop. Actually, that reminds me. I posted a video on Instagram of a different view of a balance beam. So the mm. camera is on the balance beam. Oh, that's So you're like watching. Wow. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, so when you're talking about the entry into the water, there's a very specific way to do this. And the ideal way gets you what's called a rip entry. Mm. Um, so it's arms straight with your elbows at your ears, um, hands mm. one on top of the other, palms out. Not not palms oh. together pointed. Palms out. Yes, I've no, noticed like that. like stacked on um, top of each other. Just oh, the, the uh, yeah. few diving events that I've I've seen. Yeah. They do, yeah, I've noticed they do that. Yeah. For so the listeners that... who can't see us, we are all, <laughs> yeah, all attempting doing it. <laughs> this. Staring at each other on Zoom yeah. with our arms above so our heads, so correcting our hand positions. Yeah, so so I mean, when you watch like cartoons of diving, and when we as mm-hmm. as regular non Olympic humans learn diving, <laughs> you put your hands together, palms together, and yeah. like point into Make the water, a point. right? Yeah. Um, and the Olympic divers do palms flat out, one palm against the back of the other hand. So the is reason to better break the water? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So okay. the point of this is it creates a little platform with your hands to push mm-hmm. the water down to help mm-hmm. create like a tunnel in the water for the athlete mm-hmm. to travel through. So then when the water splashes, it splashes against itself in this little oh. tunnel instead of vertically back oh. up in the air. Huh. So they call it a rip entry because it's like you're ripping through the water. That's so cool. Right? Yeah. This video was so cool. I was so glad I found it. Physics. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, wow. No, we do not applaud physics on this podcast. Oh. Science. <laughs> Biomechanics. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get to the scoring. So let me pull up this thing. So I actually found the, like, uh, the FINA um, scoring uh, metrics. So it's like this 36-page 30, um, diving rules. 36 yes, Please read page. it to us, Rebecca. <laughs> um, I'm going to save that one for our patrons at patreon.com. No. <laughs> um, so... The last, let's see, the last seven pages of this document is scoring um, for Olympic events. So scores for both solo and synchronized are from zero to ten. Ten being the best, mm-hmm. zero being the worst. Mm-hmm. Zero being you didn't, com- you didn't like dive at all. You didn't compete. You would get a one if you like belly flopped. Because right? okay. you made so it from the board into yes. the water. <laughs> Partial credit. You'd probably get more than a one if you just jumped like straight out and down. Uh-huh. Okay. You Great. you might get a two. Anyway. That feels achievable. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Yeah. Although a 10 meter platform, that's 30 feet in the air. That's yeah, high. That's fucking high. It's very high. I was trying to remember how high the like standard high dive is, and I want to say it's more like ten feet or something. It's not. I don't think it's ten meters. Yeah. Well, the three meter springboard is is about that high. Yeah. So that's what. I yeah. Think that's three meters is about ten feet. Standard springboard. 
maybe that's yeah. yeah. Um, that's way I up know, there. I know. Yep. <laughs> um, so for solo dives, there are seven judges, and they rate your execution. The top two and the bottom two scores of those seven are discarded. So they only keep the middle three. Mm-hmm. And then you add those together and multiply by the degree of difficulty for the dive for the total score. Okay. For synchro, there are 11 judges total. And this I thought was really interesting. Um, so there are six judges, three per diver, who only grade their individual diver execution independent of their partner. Oh, hmm. interesting. So each of those six judges are assigned, mm-hmm. you know, you judge the left guy, One. I judge the right guy. <laughs> and you only judge their their execution. Huh. The, the remaining five judges grade the actual synchronization of the flippy twisty of the dive. That actually makes a ton of sense. Like, I hadn't ever specifically right? thought about how you would judge yeah. that sort of thing. But hearing that... It's like, oh, yeah, of course you would have right. to do something like because that. Because they're so, you... like, there's such different things mm-hmm. to look at. You'd have to judge it separately. Right. Yeah. And you couldn't, like, trying to pay attention to all of it at once would be. Yeah, you'd have much. to have an instant replay to watch the dive 17 yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if judges specialized. Like, what's your job? Um, I'm a left guy judge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Yes, they do. And, and ever if they ever get, like, swapped, they're totally discombobulated. It's just terrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And there are, like, three Ambi judges in the whole world. It's like a <laughs> super skill. That would be amazing. <laughs> they're in high demand. <laughs> um, so in the synchro, where we have 11 judges, the highest and lowest per each diver and the highest and lowest per the synchronization are discarded. The sum of all of those remaining one, two, three, four, I think it is, if I'm counting right, um, are this. So you add those remaining scores together, you multiply it by 0.6 to roughly match the individual events, and then you multiply by the degree of difficulty. Oh, interesting. So they standardize it based on the yes. individual events. Yes. Hmm. And I don't know why. Like, it seems to me you could just have different scores. But I guess perhaps it's, I don't know. I guess it's, it's. I mean, they're still doing the same dives as you would as an individual. So maybe it's a way of comparing mm. yeah. um, the two. So so like I said, I found this, the, the rules for um, judging the degree of difficulty. So for example, the tuck, a forward tuck, somersault gets you 0.1 points um and then all the way up to uh an inward pike gets you 0.8 points like it goes it goes the number of somersaults you get between Mm -hmm. you know uh uh, on that on the half somersault and then the number Mm -hmm. of twists you do including half twists um then you're scored on your approach. Um, you're scored on, quote, unnatural entry. Um, <laughs> so if you get something... Take the moral high road on that one. <laughs> yeah. We only got a few minutes. So if you get a point here, 
um, indicates the diver does not see the water before entry. So you get a you get points if you don't look at the water before right. entry, and you get negative points. Right, right. Um, and then what's really fascinating is that each of these dives is actually assigned a number. So like a forward dive is a 101. A forward two and a half somersault with a half twist is a 51-51. So I, I don't know why I found that so fascinating, but like this is the, this I guess is the metric, like you know what dive the person is supposed to do before they get up there. Mm-hmm. So you know right. what your maximum difficulty score is going to be. Sure. And I, I don't know why. I just found that so fascinating that they're all <laughs> that they're all numbered and that they're all like, you know, your back one and a half somersault with two and a half twists and then mm-hmm. versus your back one and a half somersault with four and a half twists. Mm-hmm. Um it's just such a, it's so much more of a complicated scoring system than mm-hmm. I ever realized. Um, and, and like I said, this thing is 36 pages. My, my favorite <laughs> note in this was actually in the uh, flight position. So this is somersaults versus, <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> number of somersaults, forward, backward, reverse, inward. Mm-hmm tuck pike etc um so there are a number of these in this little chart that have a dash in them that have no score um Mm. and the dashes indicate dives that are currently not possible oh wow (laughs) and so it makes me want to give us one of those give us one of those uh i mean this is just for flight position so like the only four to four and a half somersaults that are possible right now are in the tuck or pike position, not in free or fly. And I don't know mm. what those are. Because <laughs> I thought there were only two positions. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, in the last Olympics, China won seven of the eight possible gold medals. Dang. Wow. So China's going to be the one to watch this year. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, the U.S. is hoping to challenge that, but mm-hmm. that's a pretty solid showing by China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to have a, a bar to beat. <laughs> it's good to have goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big dreams. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rebecca. Any final words about diving for us? I don't think so. All right. That's it. Well, we look forward to watching that. Uh, you can uh, email us at bellpuckpodcast at gmail. I should even look at the list of that's on here. <laughs> bellpuckpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast, on Twitter at foulpuckpod, or visit our website, foulpuckpodcast.net. We would, as always, like to thank Joe for making me specifically sound like less of an idiot. Uh, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And uh, that's about it it for this episode. And we'll see you back one more time for uh, the final, the finale in our Olympic Minisode series. And catch you then. Thanks for listening.